Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Witching Hour. I am Perry Nemroff, and I'm sitting across from Haley Fouch in the best t-shirt ever. I love that shirt. Cats and horror. Wait, was that a Mondo shirt? It was, Because yes. I think I tried to buy one, and they were sold out or something like that. I obviously had to buy both uh-huh. color and black and white. I knew there, were, there was a variant on <laughs> yes. that. I mean, there are lots of good Jonesy shirts out there. I know, I know. Not that I need any more t-shirts or sweatshirts for that matter nobody does mondo doesn't stay in business because we need those things you would not believe my dressers right now though it's like at the point like everything is neat and organized but it's at the point where the stacks on top of the dressers are getting so high that they're toppling (laughs) over and that's that's when uh that's when it becomes problematic marie kondo it go in Get rid of anything that doesn't spark so joy. Hard. You know what? You know what happens when a T-shirt of mine winds up going in the do not wear pile. It becomes a Dewey cat carrier liner. <laughs> so it's like he in his plastic carrier. He just lays on a bed of, of movie T-shirts. He's so fancy. He is fancy. He's the best. I love that face so much. All I right. So what's on the lineup today? We don't really know what is we're, on the. We're lineup. kind of like we've got like a little. Weird mixture. It's yeah. like a like a buffet of horror randomness today. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do a little uh, reviewing for you. We've got some news to cover. We're gonna talk about uh, romancy horror movies for Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way, Happy guys. Valentine's Day. Um, I hope you are spending it with your significant other or your loved ones in your life. It doesn't matter. Just spread love on Valentine's or Day. Or just make sure you love yourself. You can take that however you want to. I like that. That's I like that. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, what do we want to start with? Surprise me. Pick something. Surprise you? Yeah. yeah. Mm, Keep uh, me on my toes. Definitely not the romance movies. <laughs> I need to think about that. Um, why don't you, you got to do something cool, and I know you're you're still under like a, a, oh, an embargo on I that. see where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, but, but that's probably the big horror news of yeah. the week. Yeah. So, um, Tell us about the hunt. The hunt. Well, what you can. Yeah. So when I first heard about that event, I was very caught off guard. Yeah. And, you know, after all of the, the talk about the hunt and the controversy that happened back in the fall, I'm, I was surprised how just off my radar it was. I think I had become just like resigned to the fact that <laughs> your face is making me nervous right now. Camera over here now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, I'll drink <laughs> from this side now. <laughs> We have a new camera set up, and I I just learned about it. (laughs) For anybody who is watching this in video form, they had the gesture too heavily. They had the pleasure of witnessing that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So the hunt. I was surprised that, like, 
I think I had almost just given in to the fact that we were never going to see it or never going to see it on the big screen. So when I was told that I was invited to a screening of the movie with a post-screening Q&A with Jason Blum, and you look so freaked out by these cameras. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm a professional. <laughs> So Jason Blum, David Lindelof did the uh, the post-screening Q&A. When I first heard about it, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening. And when I first heard about it, they didn't tell me what the new release date was. While we were there, we found out it was March 13th. So it's coming up very, very quickly. And we got to see the movie. I'm not allowed to review the movie. Mm-hmm. But we saw the movie in an effort to help them reshape the marketing campaign in a way that more clearly conveys what the movie's about, and what type of movie it is. So now that I've actually seen the movie and we've experienced the controversy together, I can understand a little more why what happened happened. Because I went back, and I think they officially took that original trailer down, but it's still circulating yeah, out there. The I, internet, went, I went back and I rewatched it, and that's, that's a fairly dark, violent trailer, and the movie is not that. The movie is highly satirical very very heightened and while i do think that no matter what they should have pushed pause on the marketing campaign at that point in time the whole removal of the movie from the release calendar might not have happened if the trailer was as playful as the final movie is Mm. i think it gave off a very different impression and I don't even necessarily think this latest trailer that we got this past week reflects how satirical the movie is. Interesting. I think it taps into it more for sure, but I think it's even more heightened than that. But basically where where this all left me was uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what the conversation yeah. is about this. Because another thing that I think a lot of folks were confused about is, you know, who's hunting who in the movie and, uh, you know, like, Yes, it's the the liberals are the hunters in the movie, but what the movie does is it prevent it it presents both sides as being extreme and as extreme attitudes like that not being the best course of action. No right. one's at fault. The movie's not pointing a finger at one specific group. The movie is pointing a finger at everyone and saying if you are so extreme in your beliefs that you will turn to violence and and lashing out at others rather than sitting and listening to them, that's ridiculous and we shouldn't do that. Yeah. That that is basically what the hunt is about. I I would say to me that came through since the beginning. Yeah. Like I don't But that's just a, a you know having good faith conversation about it like I I don't Maybe, but I, it's hard for me to believe that realistically you're going to watch a trailer and think that like the film is like, yes, we should kill our political opponents and that's the justified thing to do. Yeah. Because that's not how these movies work. Nobody watches The Purge and is like, mm, those masked people really know how to run a society. Well, I don't. I don't know if I would go that far, but I think... I think the sensitivity came from the fact that when I watched the trailer for The Hunt, I saw it as being The Purge adjacent. And I know mm. The Purge has had, uh, you know, tonal differences from film to film. But when totally. that first movie came out, that was that was a straightforward horror home invasion movie. It was very, very, it was very dark and very violent. And I kind of applied that same filter based on that trailer to The Hunt, in in which case I could see a lot more sensitivity to the subject given the current events that had just happened. Mm-hmm. But if, if it was more playful and more satirical at the time and was played off as a horror comedy, which it is, I just think the, the course of the conversation would have been different. I could see that. It's interesting. I'll be curious. I will be curious to see how many people remember to be mad. Because oh, okay, the attention okay. span is so yeah. short, right? Yeah. Um, I also think if this movie makes one person mad, it's going to make everybody mad. <laughs> like, they're, like everyone has a reason to be mad about maybe how one of their beliefs is presented in this movie. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. I have, I have not seen it. I am so excited that it's coming out, though, because, yeah. you know, we had very strong reactions to the idea of a film being f- pulled under... Those circumstances, yeah. especially yeah. when uh, 
president gets involved in the yeah, conversation. I, I think uh, that was probably one of the biggest issues with how all that was handled. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad that it's, it is coming out. And that we didn't have to – I didn't think it would be gone forever. I just wasn't sure if they would wait a significant amount yeah. of time. One, I thought they were going to wait a significant amount of time. And two, I also thought there was a chance that it could go straight to streaming. Oh, that I could see. I yeah. just didn't think it was going to be like perma shelved and no one yeah. would ever see it. I mean, even what was that David O. Russell movie that like just went tits up and came? Was it originally called Nailed, and then it got re-released with like a real rom-commy title? I don't know. Jessica Biel, I think. Jessica Biel. Oh, Accidental Love. Yeah. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this that's- just fell right off my radar sat on the shelf for years yeah but it did eventually come out with a very like shiny rebranding that huh. nobody cared about okay okay accidental love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not thought about that in a minute funny um but yeah that's it that's where that's cool. where i'm a little, i have to like push pause on the hunt because i can't really tell you guys totally. all that much about the specifics of the movie but i wrote like an extensive piece on collider.com so if you want the full breakdown and all the quotes from lindelof and also blum and they're very interesting it's i really not just because i wrote the piece but the whole conversation <laughs> is just well worth you know digging into check it out on collider.com yeah i found it a really interesting read and especially um it's true Coming I worked off really of, hard on that. I could tell it was really nicely done. Um, and, oh, my God, I, I would imagine you would with a film with that spotlight yeah. on it being reintroduced. Yeah. Um, I You know, coming off of Watchmen, which I will force you at gunpoint, not at gunpoint, at, at cat point to watch one day. Yeah, no, I, that's really on the top of my list. Yes. Wait, wait, finish your thought before I tell you what I watched before I watched that. Yeah, it's going to make me angry. <laughs> no, <laughs> anything you watch before that's going to make me angry at this point. But we're all free people with free will. Or do we have free will? It's been on my mind a lot, but this isn't the podcast. Um <laughs> Point being, that was such a political, heavy show, and um, it's, you know, Lindelof definitely right now on the heels of Watchmen, probably his name carries some political weight to Mm -hmm. it. So I'm curious if that will maybe influence how people go into the movie, because the Hunt, like, debacle happened before Watchmen came yeah. out and before that that sort of connotation might have been attached to his name. So mm-hmm. uh, so I'm curious. And maybe people won't care at all because, uh, again, the, the attention span is just so short. Yeah, isn't it incredible? <laughs> it's just from one thing on to the next. Yeah. So not horror-related. Yes. But I, I've been watching two things in, in advance of digging into Watchmen finally. Also... Part of part of my problem with binging Watchmen is the fact that I can't download it. Like oh, yeah. I have an HBO subscription. Yeah. If if I were able to download it and take it with me on flights, I guarantee you I would be watching it a lot quicker. And that's part of the reason why the two shows I'm about to mention are the ones that became the priority because I've had a lot of flights recently. First, have you watched Cheer? No, I have not. Totally not like I'm not into cheerleading. That show was damn addicting, okay. and I love those kids, and I am just so wildly impressed by the athleticism and what they put on the line in order to nail their routine. It's so good. It's good. It's very good, and it's very it's a very well-shot docuseries. Okay, cool. Highly recommend watching it, and also because some Sabrina coverage is on the horizon, I've been uh, blowing through the new season. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. I think I'm. Uh, I'm. I just finished the carnival episode. Uh huh. I'm trying to. Well, so much of it takes place at that darn carnival. Oh really? Yeah. I, I'm in my first episode at the carnival. Okay. Then. But that's like midway through or something. Like almost midway. Three or four. Three. I can't even remember how four. many. Episodes I don't. I don't know. Eight is a ten. I can't oh. remember what I had for what breakfast is- this morning. <laughs> um, I'm having a little bit of a tough time readjusting to it again mm-hmm. it just feels like there's so much going it's on so much. and it, it feels very different from the previous two seasons yeah. and it's i don't different. know like like sabrina like and all of her stuff in hell feels almost like too big for what they started it is such a weird season and i ultimately came down thinking it was probably the most entertaining season yet 
Okay. But well, part of it is that it's just so jam packed with stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. Yeah. And uh, it ultimately, I don't know that it makes it the strongest season, but it does make it just like. Oh, well, that's fun, and that's as, fun, too, and I guess that's pretty as fun. As long as it's entertaining. Yeah. It's like right now I'm having a tough time because, like, my direct the, my attention is going in so many different directions. But as long yeah. as those all, you know, like, come to a satisfying end at a point. I had fun is what I'll right. say. I, get, right. I mean, like, I somehow wrote, like, a 2,000-word review Ooh, about boy. it. But I think it was just because there were so many things yeah. I wanted to quickly address in the review. Okay. Um, I, I would... I had a lot of fun with the season. It is, to me, the most entertaining season. I don't know if it's the strongest or most cohesive. It certainly, I think, is the best looking. All yeah. of those weird visual hallmarks that we complained about in those first run of episodes with the the weird blurring of the camera and yeah. the shoddy makeup looks, everything just now looks up to its budget. It does. And they even use the blur technique a couple of times, but they use it with purpose Yeah. Now. So I, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. You know who's quickly becoming just like my absolute favorite all around? Freaking Miranda Otto. She's so good. Like I always thought, obviously she's got like a laundry list of titles on her resume, so she's always been great. But between Sabrina and... I know her performance in Downhill goes one way or the other for most people based on the reviews I've read out of Sundance, but I, for one, got a freaking kick out of her. I, I think she is just her. such a delight. I think she's wonderful. And yeah. if you uh, if you or anyone listening has not seen the video of the cast dancing on set, you must watch. And Excuse you, me? It's, like the Sabrina you, cast? Yeah, I'll show you after we okay. wrap. but. The way Miranda Otto walks down the stairs into the frame is an extreme life goal. Okay. I just want to be Please on that Please don't level. forget to show me that immediately notebook. after right we wrap now. this episode. Show Perry dance video. <laughs> I'm going to be like, what dance video? <laughs> um, yeah, it's really fun. I, I really do enjoy the aesthetics of this season a lot, not to harp on that, but I also think that the costumes are better than they've ever been, and the show has already had pretty cool costumes. Yeah. But I just feel like this season, again, everything's leveling up to sort of the budget that it has and looking yeah, yeah. really stellar. I, Your nails look nice. Thank you. I got <laughs> Sorry, that's how my brain's trip. working today. They're my Barbie dream. I really like them. Thank you. Um, I, this, okay, I'm going to say this all with like out spoilers, but I this season more than ever made me realize I fundamentally don't understand the morality of the show. I never have any guidance in what's supposed to be a good or bad thing or why any character is good or bad because they all do such heinous, wild, ridiculous things. <laughs> like Miranda Otto's character has done horrifying things. She killed Hilda in season one. A lot. <laughs> like because she was annoying her. Um, yeah, so I that is very confusing. And my goodness, Sabrina is the worst leadership character. Yeah. She is, if She's there a, is a terrible decision to make. She'll make it. She'll make it. And <laughs> I'm only a couple episodes in, and oh. I already see that more than ever, and she's made a whole bunch of shitty decisions <laughs> in the last two seasons. <laughs> I'm constantly like, no, you're not going to. You are going to, because you're Sabrina. She's great in the role, though. It's yeah. more about how the character is written. I feel that she's grown into the role. I wasn't yeah. super in love with her portrayal in the last. Okay. Well, you know, the first two seasons shot back to back. So I think a lot well, of yeah, the, yeah. the difference. The same and, problems that you would have had in season one. Right. You would have had them in season two And that's well. why this season feels so different. Yeah. And, um, I, but, yeah, man, that character is a I know. freaking trip. Yeah. I genuinely am, because all the morality is always so confusing, I'm like, do I, is she, what, what is this show? I was so prepared for it because, like, like super big, terrible decision number one happens right at the beginning <laughs> of the show. It's like, seriously, have you not watched anything where it's like, oh, like, do you sacrifice one for men? Like, yeah, no, she does. What's wrong with you? She's not here to discuss ethics. No. And it's <laughs> like, all right, wait, wait. Can I just say one brief spoiler for? I believe it's like, I think it's episode two. I think that's fine. It's been out for a while. All right, that's very, fair. very minor spoilers. But when when she creates the circle of salt and then freaking steps in it, are you kidding me? What? She's that's stupid. She is often quite <laughs> That's just stupid. stupid. Wait, just wait. Just wait. There is some 
shit in the finale that I legitimately was oh, like, no. if there's one rule that all of fiction narrative has taught us, you never break that rule. Okay. You better believe oh, she boy. like does it. Hot, <gasps> 60 miles an hour, pedal to the metal, never once thinks about it. Okay. It's, How many episodes are there total? That's what I was just saying. I Is it 10? Let's look that up because yeah. it could be eight. It could be 10. We watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, we do. I hope it, it would be nice if it's I watched eight, five episodes so I can get of something to watch yesterday. A sooner. What'd you watch? Uh, the new queer documentary, Visible, out on television oh. that's coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Okay. It was very good. I still haven't even watched um, The Outsider, and I was so excited <laughs> about either. that. I know, and you've read it. You really Yeah, I was, I was like really prepared for that um that's when i think i'm probably going to end up like binge watching ahead of the finale to okay, like okay. keep up to maybe maybe i'll do the same thing because i do want to i don't want to fall too behind on that conversation in terms of like what if the finale is like epic and life-changing yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah um that has to be coming up soon yeah i probably say that and it's like tomorrow it could be um all right, why is it so hard for me to do anything? Okay, it was eight episodes. Eight all episodes. Right, so you're almost all right, all right. I'm getting there. So you weren't you weren't wrong when you told me I was halfway. Yeah. Um, and for the record, no, you got a little you got a little bit of time. Looks like the last episode of The Outsider airs on March eighth. Okay, that is right. right so I'll take so that. I'll I'll try to catch up as well. Um, all right. You want to uh, move on to the next topic? You want to pick the next topic? Um, no, I picked the first one. All right. I'll just get this out out of the way. So Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. I have seen it. I am going to give you a review of the movie right now. Um, just in case any of you do not know, uh, the source material for this movie, it's based on a show. What was it? Late sixties and early seventies. I would believe you, but I cannot confirm. Late late seventies, early eighties. Okay. I'm dating it too much, but um, it's basically a a movie about what happens if you go to an island where your fantasy can come true, and. I think it was actually a very interesting and smart choice for them to take something that we're so far removed from, like Fantasy Island, apply a horror concept to it to make it a little more interesting and different. And also the fact that, you know, if you go off of uh, the last Blumhouse Jeff Wadlow movie, Truth or Dare, the target audience for that movie is so detached from Fantasy Island that, Mm -hmm. I mean, this was the perfect way to spin that old popular concept for them to get that audience to come out and see this movie. And then they assemble a great ensemble, Michael Pena, Lucy Hale, Maggie Q. And Maggie Q is exceptional in this movie, even though, hey, I didn't really like it. Oh, well, um, you and I were so excited for it. I was too. so excited. I was so excited. And I still think that there are, you know, there are some bold choices that I can applaud just for, you know, risk-taking and trying to use your, your horror vehicle to tackle more more uh like deeper issues like it tries to get at that but what winds up happening with this movie is so the main cast is lucy hale um ryan hansen and jimmy o yang and they're they're grouped into one and then you also have maggie q and you have austin stoll and there are four fantasies in play at one time which makes sense you know they all go as a group to the island they all have their own little fantasy then it just gets comp like fantasy on top of fantasy. Like the island is supernatural. What's going on? Like I, you don't know, and that's part of the the fun of the movie, or what was intended to be the fun of the movie, trying to figure out what's really going on here. But it just it winds up like stepping all over itself, not making much sense. I think the most successful story in the entire thing is actually the least uh, horror type which is Maggie Q's bit, it's it's almost like a drama, mm. and she's very good in it, mm. and it's one of those situations that makes you think, well, what would I do in that situation because she's so convincing? And, you know, I don't think... Okay, I don't think <laughs> most of the perform A couple of the performances are not really working for me, but most of them are very good. It's just, I think they bit off more than they could chew by having so many fantasies, so many overlapping fantasies. Each fantasy taps into a different genre, even though horror is at its core. It, it's just a mess. It's a mess. 
You and know, it's not fun to watch either. That's is, what I was... Which is part of the problem. This is what made me the most sad and what I thought was like the immediate biggest condemnation is right before we started, I didn't ask you, was it good? I, I asked you one question, was it fun? And you no. said no. And that's just like, that's what that movie is selling is fun. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I talked to Jeff Wadlow about this in our interview and, and you know, like I, I disagree with his feeling on it, which there's nothing wrong with that you know like he tried to do one thing and it didn't really work for me but I asked him if they had ever considered starting the movie not on the island and with the characters beforehand like Mm -hmm. them in their normal lives when they first found out they were going to the island because I always think that whether we're talking about a horror situation like this or like a disaster movie one of the most like entertaining portions of that is the build, like even Cabin in the Woods, the build to going yeah, yeah. to the cabin and, and being like, oh, my God, look at this high concept playing out. This movie doesn't have that. It begins right on the island. So and I think with a movie that is so heavily woven into a character, a person's deepest desire it doesn't work as well if you don't have that foundation built with the characters beforehand. Right, if you don't know the person. He he was very much into the idea of sticking with the format of the original show and having it begin with them arriving on the island via the plane. I think that hurt the movie a bit. I, having not seen it, think that uh, criticism, criticism makes a lot of sense. I'm just pretty... Bummed. But, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> um, you know, they can't all be winners. And, no. And, uh, but it's also just unfortunate that we've had so many not winners. I was, that's kind of where the bummed came yeah. from. I do feel a little bit like we were in one of the greatest golden ages of horror and maybe it's winding down a little bit, which is fine because there's no. always an upswing to a downswing. I think we're in a bad patch. That could be fair. Just looking at sort of like cycle trends in the industry, I wouldn't be surprised if like the next three years are not as good as the last three years were. Or even even just narrowing the focus to 2020, though, looking at it, it's like, I mean, you know how I feel about The Lodge. I love that. Looking ahead, very soon we have... um, We have Invisible Man. I mean, we also have The Boy, too. So I guess that's... Continuing, I mean, I, I shouldn't judge it without seeing it, but right. I just don't have a lot of faith in that movie. Uh, right around the corner is is another Quiet Place movie. The Hunt is coming up. There, there are there are things with a lot of potential. It's just very unfortunate that we've kicked off the the year with with misfire after misfire, and yeah. it just so happens that those misfires are all the wide release studio movies. Yeah. Many of which have been attached to uh, very familiar brands, also, which puts them in the spotlight even more so. That was going to be so loud. That was, yeah. That I was wonder if the one. mic picked that up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not. But it's only February 13th. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, also last year I thought things were pretty good, but I didn't think that last year was on par with the last couple years we had before that in terms of consistency mm-hmm. of quality. Um, How much did you love, by the way, the midsummer uh, love at the Oscars? Did you uh, watch the Janelle Monet beginning? I did. You should Oscars. you should watch it just because that movie is involved. To be okay, I will, and I mean to. I've been meaning to catch up. Like I watched a few things, but um, I was on vacation in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and me and my friends had planned to watch it. But our um, for some reason, when we went to watch the live stream on ABC, no, no shit. The the little thing was like ABC Live is not available in New Orleans. What? That's random. I can't imagine why. It was why. so random and so frustrating. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, I, I watched a few of the speeches, and I will definitely watch that because yeah, yeah. I love Janelle Monáe. Yeah, she – that opening was one of my favorite Oscar performances in a Ooh. very – I was very impressed by that. People seem to enjoy the show this year. Yeah, no, I loved it. I had a good, good time, and good. we did our Arclight thing, and we had a blast, and there was, like, a crowd there with us, and we did our little commentating during the commercial breaks, and the crowd got involved. It That's was great. It was cool. Yeah, cool. I I kept up on Twitter. Yeah, we're, it turns out we're like definitely on the older side now because when we're in New Orleans and we definitely had a couple nights out where we partied, but we also had more nights out or more nights in. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, in that night, because we couldn't get the Oscars to work, work my friend Lena and I showed my our other friend Stephanie Euphoria because she had not seen it yet. Oh my god! Yeah. 
I'm yeah, I'm very into euphoria. If you're into euphoria, I might have a euphoria exclusive. It's a little yeah. something from uh, my interview with Storm Reed for Invisible nice. Man. Um, that was a that was a fun junket. You can actually watch my Elizabeth Moss interview right now. Yeah, you can. Right now, if you want to, on Collider.com. <laughs> um, next, up, next up, your turn. You pick. My turn. You pick. Do we have that many to pick from? Isn't it um, just kind of a just... lead into The Invisible Man, which you just said, but you kind of already did tease your oh, coverage. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I did that already. But <laughs> Well, also because of the one, the title that I just highlighted. Oh, right. Um, I looked right yeah, over. I don't think I'm allowed to say what I thought about yeah. Invisible Man. I, people have already put social media reactions up, but mm-hmm. I actually haven't yet for no particular reason. But um if I were to craft a tweet on the spot right now, it would be something to the effect of, I really liked the movie. I really liked the first two-thirds of the movie. I, take out the word, like, I loved. Like, hear the emphasis on the word lo- loved. loved the first two-thirds of the movie. Doesn't quite stick the landing. All right. But I really liked it overall still. Nice. Highly recommend it. Um. I'm not going to ask you any questions because you're under embargo. But yes. if you ask me any questions about the content in my interview, I can a- I can answer those. I haven't seen your interview, so that would be a real shotgun type. The one, yes. the one up and running right Buckshot, now with Elizabeth Moss. Um, she talks a lot about using the motion control camera, oh. like you remember in uh, in Upgrade, how yeah. sometimes the character, sometimes the uh, the camera will move with the body of the character. They did a lot of that work in Invisible Man, and cool. like she even calls herself, I think she called herself like a cinematography nerd or something. So she she goes in depth on that, and those that visual uh, trick is used to great effect. Excellent. In The Invisible Man. That's cool, because that's something that you and I had both sort of singled out on from the trailers. It's yeah. like, ooh, it looks like that visual spirit's still alive. The style from Upgrade to this translates very well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. And um, how this, I feel you could probably answer, because it would fit in a tweet. Elizabeth Moss, everything we're expecting from carrying this film? Oh, my God. She's... I already knew this, the answer. This is coming across like <laughs> I just discovered that Elizabeth yeah. Moss is excellent. But I think the fact that I saw Shirley at Sundance and then saw this right after, she is she is one of the best of the best out there. She is on like the tippy top tier yeah. and you could give her anything and she will make the most of it. She really is. I feel like an actor you can guaranteed count on to carry a film. Guarantee. Because also writing up that interview intro, like I was looking through her her resume, like she produces like an insane amount of content oh, every year. Cool. I didn't know it's, that. It's what I mean, just okay. And I'm not saying every movie overall that she's in is great because you know how I feel about the kitchen. That does not <laughs> right, that right. her performance in it though is exactly what she had to do. But if you look at just 2018 till now. A movie called The Seagull, which I haven't seen. She was in The Old Man and the Gun, Her Smell, The Pack, Light of My Life, Us, The Kitchen, Shirley, Handmaid's Tale, Invisible Man, French Dispatch, and Next Goal Wins. She does not stop working, and oh, I yes. hope she's taking care of herself, but thank you for not stop uh, stopping your work, because the more movies you're in, the better those movies will I be. Know, but I, I'm like, you name those, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm worried about you, Elizabeth. Because when you think about the emotional, I mean, like singling out a couple, the emotional yeah. demands of her smell, The Handmaid's Tale, and The Invisible Man, all back to back to back, like do something light. She talked about that a little in Invisible Man, just the the uh, the exhaustion that comes with being like so wound up in a horror movie like that. Really? And she's all, like, her smell can't have been an easy uh, yeah. one. I will say that speaking to her, after all of that, like, yeah. she seemed, like, freaking Fine. thrilled. She seemed, oh, can I tell you another thing about that junket? Yes. I hope I can release this video soon. I have to get my hands on it. I know they're going to do, like, a compilation piece. So, <laughs> this, I like, I applaud Universal all day long for stuff like this. I thought it was so clever because you saw my email where I emailed the entire Collider.com team about who I was interviewing. Yes. You saw that the stunt coordinator was on that list. So, sun coordinator room, they call me over to it, and, uh, you know, uh, 
the high priority room was Elizabeth Moss. The the stunt coordinator room was just not as busy. So while you have downtime in those rooms that have long, long lines for them, they bring you over to the stunt coordinator room. I go into the room and uh, someone welcomes me in as usual, like, what's your name and outlet? I sit down in the seat and the woman goes to me, uh, you know, the coordinator's just in the bathroom. He'll be right out. Can I'm going to go get you a glass of water. I'm like, oh, I got a glass of water. Like, that's kind of <laughs> nice. So she leaves the room and I'm sitting in this room by myself, which very rarely happens. Usually, uh, even if the talent isn't ready for their interview, you're sitting in there with like a camera op, yeah. someone managing sound, all this other shit. So I'm sitting in there and then all of a sudden a box falls off the wall. Ooh. And I'm like, whoa, that's weird. And then a pen rolls off the chair. <laughs> and I'm like, for a minute, I'm like, maybe the box fell so hard that the pen then fell off after. And then I kind of ruined the illusion because there was a mirror in the room. And I, like, I just so happened to turn my head and I see a hand reach over oh. the curtain behind me with a little thing to like Clever, touch though. my shoulder. But it was very well done. I am all for playful opportunities like that. I thought it was I thought it was so clever. That's very cool. Yeah, it was cool. I've liked uh, the marketing campaign, some of the signs around LA oh, yeah, like yeah. he's sitting right next they to you. They do that in the screening too. Uh, like I think it said something like is he sitting now? Is that seat next to you really empty? Uh, it's, it's clever. You know, it's like effective. It's a, it's a simple thing, but it makes you think. Exactly. Simple yeah. but effective. Yeah, I'm very I'm very into a lot of the work so, that they've been doing on that movie. Really good for my paranoia. Oh god. Uh well. <laughs> Wait, wait until you, uh, all right, wait until you see the movie, <laughs> but uh, it, it was a, I found it to be a stressful movie. I'm sure that I yeah. will. You know, I, I, if you, if you decide to see it again and we see it together, I wouldn't be surprised if it's very similar to uh, when we saw Unsane, Unsane yeah. and I'll be, yeah, um, I think you might be, yeah. Uh, I actually have a really good transition into our next topic. Do it. So while I was at the Invisible Man Junket, I asked Lee Winnell about his involvement in Spiral, a video that you will be able to watch on Collider.com very soon, if not right now. And he did talk about it a little bit, and he's not involved. But that leads us into uh, a hot topic today, which yeah. is the very first trailer for Spiral. Yeah. What'd you think? I like it. Yeah? Yep. I uh, like it. it I looks, love it. Look like looks like a Saw movie. Does it? Yeah, to me, hundred percent. It looks like a like. Okay, uh, let me rephrase. It looks like Saw, ish. It. it you d- mean like visually? Yeah, it looks like two detectives on the beat who, oops, get into the worst case of their yeah. life, and things are dark and grimy, and it looks like a Saw. It looks like a Saw movie to me, f- from the more uh, the more obvious connections to the franchise, like. You know, like like the damn spiral and the 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 score is obviously very familiar. And then uh, and then most of all, at the very end with Chris Rock, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like getting ready to saw off his, his arm or whatever. But I don't know. I I think it was because I was really excited about it. Like something about my appreciation for that franchise and what this trailer was didn't quite click, but I think it might be because this plays more like a teaser trailer than a trailer that really gets into the story. Like, we did get the surface level, like, you know, cops on the beat, and then they find whatever's going on, and it happens to be a jigsaw-type situation, but I don't know. Maybe it would be different if I saw it on the big screen, but I've watched the trailer a couple of times now, and I'm not really feeling that hook just yet. Yeah, That's fair. But I don't not like it. I guess if they're like, I like it. I'm good with it. I'm not over the moon about it. My only disappointment would be I was maybe hoping they'd push a little further, like away from what looks so classically Saw to me uh, because it is such an unexpected creative team mm-hmm. that's putting it together. But yeah. again, it's it's Darren Lynn Bousman. Is that right? Bousman? How you say? It? I think it is. I should I never think ask the, you because you never know, and you should never. I never. Ask me. I never know, and I also think the last time I had this discussion with someone, whatever I said was wrong. Okay, <laughs> cool. But you know, he's got like firm roots in the franchise, yeah, yeah. so of course it would feel very much exactly. At home. Um, I appreciate they didn't waste for a second the opportunity to get a Samuel L. Jackson yeah, motherfucker really. in yeah. there. You know, they know that that's a. They got to play that. You might up. as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think what I I think what I would have preferred for a first trailer is like a balls to the walls, like saw is back 
kind of thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like really digging into it right off the bat with like a full story trailer or something. Or I would have appreciated even more of a teaser trailer that's slowly built to the reveal of like we are back in this world. And I think we've gotten into this awkward middle ground where I can't get either form of excitement. I'm wondering like, like we can't watch it right now, but I would be curious if Jigsaw's trailers had that sort of energy, you know, like Saw's back. Welcome back to the horror franchise of a decade type energy. Um, I don't, I don't think it had that. It's funny. I can remember very specific visuals from that, but I don't really remember. I think it might because I just like hovered over the trailer on Google and the first thing that came up was, you know, his voice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm playing it on silent, so <laughs> this video doesn't get taken down. But right, oh, that's very <laughs> smart. I don't yeah. know. Like, this, I, I, this is the thing. This is the thing that I remember. Yeah, this this leans a little more heavily into Saw. Yeah. I mean, it's actually a very clever first shot here of uh, of a woman running and then in the background revealing the body. I guess my, my the the broader point I'm trying to wonder here is like if that marketing was what they tried with the last one and it didn't and it work clearly didn't work well, so also the movie wasn't that good that's part of it no but so many of the saws aren't that good. well they de- they definitely went full full saw in this yeah, trailer because I'm also so. watching the the bucket chain sequence right <laughs> now and it's like you got the tape this is yeah. compared to this trailer the spiral trailer is saw light yeah, this is very Saw Haley. <laughs> Words are not important. I am enjoying that one, though. <laughs> I have very, very little brain cells left after New Orleans. <laughs> As <Yeah>. you should. <laughs> um, oh, I'll tell oh, you yeah, something. Yeah, well, they got the mask and everything. Yeah, so maybe I kind of like that they're uh, they're playing it a little more low-key. And it seems that they're playing up more that this is Chris Rock. And Samuel L. Jackson, as opposed to yeah. the saw element of it, um, which might be smart. It could be. Because clearly people didn't care enough about saw to really turn up for Jigsaw. Um, and I'm not saying that like <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson can single-handedly drive traffic to any film, because he makes a lot. Yeah. But I, wonder- I do think that, that definitely the curiosity factor here is... What does a Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson saw movie look, look like? like? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that. I do wonder if this trailer that I'm scrubbing through right now is a is the first full trailer, or if there was a teaser that came first. There probably was a teaser, but uh, this definitely is full on. Yeah, like, saw is back. I'm oh, surprised the there's. Puppet. I'm surprised there was no teaser for Spiral though. I mean, technically, actually, Lionsgate does call this a teaser trailer. All right. Yeah. But I, you tracks. know what I mean. Like, I mean an even shorter and sweeter mm-hmm. one that's like, ha-ha. Title card. Yeah. But it's not that. Um, I'm still excited, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm still excited. I'm intrigued. I, the, it that's is the a... benefit of being a part of a franchise like this. It's like, no matter what, I'm always going to come back <laughs> for, for, like, a Saw, Texas Chainsaw, right. Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, you name it. I'm always going it. to go back to those franchises. I will say having just sort of, like, silently scrubbed through that old trailer, I definitely am more excited about the vibe of this one, which feels way more directly tied to the original film than it did to, you know, all the traps being the main highlight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so mixed on that, though, because I always thought that the cop stuff never really worked. It did the fir- it only the worked in the movie. first one, yeah. Then it, then it spiraled out of control. Ooh. See what I'm going to do there? <laughs> I'm going to be... And, like, I won't even intentionally do that, but I will do that nonstop yeah, as sure. we get closer because I think I just use that phrase all the time. Okay, well, speaking of nonstop, I can't talk about Hamilton without saying nonstop, which is the name of oh. it. So it happens. It happens. Pretty. I'm still bitter about Hamilton because I tried so hard to get tickets when I was living in New York and it was just too expensive or I couldn't get them at all. So I won't let myself listen to Hamilton, even though. But now Disney just announced that that theatrical version is coming out. So that I will do. Except you're going to get apparently like a slightly edited version because they won't use swear words. So yay for Disney. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. All right. I don't like it at all. I'm pretty, I'm like, 
Oh, you better have an unrated version on DVD at what's, least. What's like the, uh, I mean, not the specific count, but how how much will that change the content? Uh, not a ton. And he said nothing's going to be cut. They're just going to like mute it out probably. But like oh, one okay, of the okay. best lines is like, Southern Democratic motherfucking Republicans. All right, And just all right. like if you cut out the, in the middle of Do that me a beat, favor. You, when I see that movie, you sit next to me, and every time they bleep it, you just go, fuck. (laughs) There we go. Just, you should just, that's what your job should be when that movie hits theaters, is you should just go from theater to theater and (laughs) scream out all the bleeped out words. Yes, absolutely. I mean, honestly, there's not, I think there's only like two or three F-bombs. It depends on how much they're going to, because like, if they're going to, you can't cut bastard, that word's used Concept. It's like maybe okay. the third word in the show. Yeah, yeah. How does a bastard? You can't cut out the third word yeah. in the show. Okay. Um. So yeah. All right. I have I'm, feelings about this. I'm gonna go see it though. <laughs> I am. I'm very excited wait. to finally experience Hamilton and be Whoa. part of that conversation. However many years later. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Whenever you take part, it really is the best. I listen to it every week at really? least once. Yes. Been listening to uh, to a lot of Sing Street again. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very Sing uplifting. Street, listen, listening to the Us soundtrack. Still, <laughs> Always. Still. Always. Um, Wild Rose, which I'm still bitter about not getting an original song nomination. But Oh, yeah, that's pretty much In up. the past. <laughs> in the past. <laughs> Nothing we can do. So what else? What else? What, do, what should we? What um, al- I'll tell you. This is not. <laughs> I'll tell you something that horrified me personally. Oh, no. And is I this like know. a real life thing or a movie thing? No, this is a real life thing. It's not okay. really scary. Um, well, I guess it depends on where you fall. Yeah. I need to know where you're at on this. Um, do you use Find My Friends? I was going to say, is it about the broom standing up? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um, no, but I have in the past. Okay. Uh, I, I, being with my friends, learned how extensively they use it and how many people they allow to uh, oh, location wow, really? track them and was horrified and didn't realize it had become such a commonplace is it? I guess, and where they live. Oh it wow! Is. I, I don't know. No, no. Thank you. I mean, no. it's not. It's not that I don't trust like you per se, but sure. like, no, like one. Nobody needs to know where <laughs> I am, and 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 two. I just don't. I don't fully trust applications like that. Yeah. It's like even if I had it and only invited you to track me, I still think that there's ways to get in for. Somebody else to do so. I mean, I guess just having a phone period also opens the door to that kind of scenario. But like, why would you welcome even more of that into (laughs) your life? Have your location on at all times. Maybe, maybe something like, let's say, on a trip like that, where like, God forbid, friends could get separated. We didn't use it, but that would have been a good time to do so. That could be like a reasonable, (laughs) or I don't know, like if you're going to a theme park with a group of people and like you're in a situation where you don't know if you're going to be able to reunite and find each other, maybe that's a useful way to have it, but turn it on and off. You don't keep it on all the time. I was, I was terrified and I won't like blow up their spot and give the details of exactly who they allow to um, see their location, but the, the, the list was was mighty and uh, huh. terrifying to Ooh, me good. as a no person who still has a delusion of privacy in this world. Yeah, that's that's a hard no for me. Yeah. Uh, a, a big no. I'm also. Uh, I told you a little bit about this during our Sundance recap. Like, I I can't stop thinking about Spree when I'm in an Uber. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, there's like a water bottle thing in that where, <laughs> I mean, like water bottle or, or anything that's offered to you in an uber like oh, yeah, yeah. you've been in in ubers and lifts where they have snacks and and mints and pieces of gum and so true not not that i think that that uber and lyft and rideshare drivers are out to get me but yeah. that movie when you see certain things it puts it makes you think twice absolutely freaks me out a little i don't know i wonder like how easy it is to reseal like one of these because if it's sealed and no. it's not easy I can give you the answer to it's that because it's in the movie. Yes, it's, it's very easy. Right, if you, I won't spoil it for everybody out there, but I will tell you the answer after this if you want to hear it. Okay. But it seems like a very doable thing to me. I remember we were in New York and somebody like was going to give my friends a bottle of wine. And all the guys were like, hell yeah. And the women were like, you're not drinking that. And they're like, it's sealed, like a bottle of wine. Like on like a person on the street? Yeah. And... um. Well, I wonder if a bottle of wine, like, is it is it corked and ste- and sealed? Is the thing? 
It was sealed with wax. No. Exactly. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm out. Not happening. I'm out. I like me some wine, <laughs> not, not waxy old wine. Yeah. yeah, that's not happening. And uh, it was funny because the, the, one of the guys is like, he gave them an out. He was like, are you just giving this to us because you have to get to the airport? And the guy goes, yeah. And I was like, you, you, didn't, you didn't challenge him at all. You told him the perfect excuse. No, don't drink that wine. I'm sure it could have just been a friendly wine. It could have, sure, could have been. Or it could have been cult murder wine. And you never know until you drink it. (laughs) I've watched enough of that shit. I've watched enough of these movies to know. Um, You know what else I forgot to tell you that I thought you would have found interesting? You know who Jeff and I sat next to on a bus in Sundance? The director of Cam. Oh, cool. Yeah, we bumped into him, like, multiple times, and he was wonderful. Very nice. I want to see him make more movies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think they've got... Daniel Goldhaber? Yeah. Um, I think they've got stuff. I hope so. They've got an episode of that Quibi show coming up um, that Sam Raimi's producing, where it's, like, a different episode for... 50 States for of Fright? Every state. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then they've got, I think, two features in development that are very hush-hush. Okay. Well... Yeah. Let's let's will those features from development into green light territory. Yes. I'm by they, I mean um, Daniel Goldhaber and Issa Mazay, who wrote Cam. Okay, good, good. I want more more people making horror movies that <laughs> I like. Always. Um, who did I? Ask? I asked that to somebody the other day. Like, what was the most surprising thing about uh, working on a horror movie? And someone's like, how. How con- I think it might have been Oliver Jackson Cohn, actually, who is, he is an angel. Aww. I like him a lot. Um, but I asked him about working with Flanagan and also uh, Lee Whannell and just, you know, the, the I used your, your shared trait idea. And he said that, we're, I th- I'm pretty sure this came from him, but it's uh, working with people who come up with such twisted shit, but... They're so kind and then lovely. And it's very true. I think it is very true. Yeah. I brought Erlinger to the Invisible Man the other day. Oh, and it fun. made me happy. He oh, is, but talk he's talk about a sweetheart with twisted but, ideas. But seriously, like he's yeah. the exact same as them. Just like literally the nicest person I I know. And he just comes up with the sickest shit. <laughs> I know. I do think it's true. I noticed it when I was young. The first time I went to a horror convention, I was like, why is everyone here so yeah. Nice. That's what I said to him. I'm like, you got to go to a horror film festival or a horror convention, and yeah. you're going to get a hefty dose of a whole <laughs> bunch of one L's and Flanagans. That's true. That's true. Um, have you noticed anything on the uh, South by lineup that piqued your interest? I mean, I haven't paid that much attention. I've I'm only loosely paid attention to it because it's not a total guarantee that I'm going, and I'm afraid yeah. if I pay too much attention to it, I will jinx it, but it feels <laughs> like it's worth eyeballing at this point. Yeah. Um, I know a couple, of the, uh, a couple of the... Uh, this happens every year where Sundance movies wind up on that lineup, mm-hmm. and Run, Sweetheart, Run is, is on it. It's, uh, it's, it's not my... Not my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Relic is on it, though, and oh, I'm yeah. very excited to see Relic continue to make the rounds because I do think that that is one that deserves to get in front of more eyes. But there is one movie that I'm freaking the F out over. Okay. Do you know what it is? No. It is the new Elle Callahan movie. Mm. She is the one who directed Headcount. Okay. So I that am, makes I sense. am pumped. This movie is called The Witch Hunt. I'll read the synopsis real quick. In a modern America where witches are real and witchcraft is illegal, a sheltered teenager must face her own demons and prejudices as she helps two young witches avoid law enforcement and cross the southern border to asylum in Mexico. Sign me up. I think I've heard of this. What's it called again? Uh, Witch Hunt. Duh. Uh, Doesn't it have... um a really good cast? Am I delusional? I, I believe it does. That cast includes... Oh, it's it's the Gideon Adlam movie. There we go. Yeah, yep. I'm That's very excited about uh, more movies with her in it, but yeah. uh, I think that that would be my most anticipated of the entire festival that if I do go. That and Bad cool. Trip. I'm so excited for Bad Trip. I am very excited. I love prank stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love... I love... This sounds terrible, but I love, like... Prank stuff like uh, punked and all that kind of thing, uh-huh. and uh, I also love you know American America's Funniest Home Videos type shit. So yeah. I feel like that is is paving the way straight to bad trip for me. 
I'm excited. I, I just love a, a I love a good comedy. I feel like uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I've seen a comedy this year yet that's had me going. So um, I'm hoping for that one. I feel like there was something that I saw recently. It's I think so, uh, it's so early in the year, but Palm Springs is a very effective comedy. Oh, yeah. I actually really like Downhill too. But I'm in the minority where I saw Downhill without having seen Force Majeure, and people mm-hmm. keep telling me that that might be why I like it, it a little be. more than most. But there are a couple of uh, a couple of lines in Downhill that that had me laughing pretty Got you good. There. I feel like there was something else that I saw at Sundance that had me like laughing out loud. Well, that's I mean Sundance is different because you're saying like oh, movies that are coming out. I know what and... it was. There was one one thing actually in the movie, the photograph that I thought was oh. very funny. I'm not going to spoil the joke for you in case you see the movie, but there's one scene where, uh, so Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield are having like a budding romance and Lakeith Stanfield's brother in the movie is played by Lil Rel Howery and he's got two kids and there's this one point in the movie where Issa Rae is alone with the kids and they just have the funniest back and forth, but there's one perfectly timed cut where it just like ups the comedic beat tenfold and it was one of those moments where I was laughing five minutes after yes. the joke happened. Love that. I was very impressed. And the thing is, the cool narrative for her in that movie is that after building a career in comedy and always using comedy as kind of like a backbone, this movie takes her out of that. But one of my favorite moments in it was a comedic beat. So I don't know. She's very talented. She really is. She's so good. Do you She's watch super Insecure? Cool. No. I, and so I keep good. meaning to because there are a lot of people in Insecure that I just really like. It's just so good. Yeah. It's one of those ones that I was, I don't know what I was watching that I was like watching, watching, and yeah. then I just stuck around yeah. and Insecure was on next, and then I just got hooked. More hours in the day. Yeah. I really do. It's like, I, like I'm on so little sleep, and it <laughs> still isn't enough. No, you can't watch everything. No. Choices. I know. Choices are hard, but hopefully the witching hour is helping you make choices. <laughs> <laughs> with our indecisiveness. Yeah, really. Um, well, guess, should we help them make some Valentine's Day choices? Oh, my God. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this day is. Yes, we should. Uh, who Do you do you have something in mind? For, yes. Yeah, so okay. Like, well, all right. So there's two ways you could go with this, right? Like uh, horror movies that have good romance stories in them. Or like horny horror movies, like sexy horror movies. Okay, okay. Thirsty horror movies. Um, depending on what kind of Valentine's Day you're having. Uh, I feel like the the really obvious one, and probably it's recency bias, but like The Shape of Water is like a perfect oh, romantic That's monster super movie. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, I would say The Fly has an amazing the fly love is, story. Yeah. The Fly is like the ultimate go to in this department. Yeah. Like I you agree. can't. It, like, if you've never seen The Fly, now is the time to watch it, more it's so than so, ever. So I mean, really, every good. day of the year is a good The Fly movie <laughs> day, true. but now in particular. And to be clear, no disrespect to the uh, charmingly ridiculous original, we are talking about, of course, Cronenberg's version, which has just yes. one of my favorite tragic yeah. love stories, the not or- even just in horror. The original freaks me out. Really? Yeah. It's so that, goofy. It's so goofy. There's something... Like the ending. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I saw it for the first time and it just got under my skin. Um, I'll throw out I'll throw out a lesser known one. I think we've spoken about it. It's actually a movie that I saw at South by one of my I, first I, years. I, you know it's Nina Forever. I know it is. I, I don't know. It's just, I thought that was so well done. It was so well done. Like, it's fun it's crazy it's a cool concept the performances are great i think i don't think it's streaming anywhere but i know you could buy it on amazon prime or itunes but it it's so well worth watching it's about uh it's about a guy and his girlfriend is is nina and she dies in a car crash and he starts a relationship with another woman and every time they get intimate with each other like nina appears (laughs) and like she gets in between them and I don't know. I like what what are those what are those guys doing? I have no idea. They should be making more movies. I thought that was so well done. Yeah, I knew you, I knew that was going to be your go-to. That's one that's one that's really like stuck with me. Most like 
most, not all, but most vampire movies will get you there. They're all usually. Yeah. Pretty. Oh, we're back in the horny department now. Well, both. Okay. So, like, Only Lovers Left Alive is a beautiful romance. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, there's a lot of horny ones. Like, uh, if you're leaning horny, Kiss of the Damned, I think, is one of the horniest, best horny horror movies. It's like so sexy. My goodness. <laughs> That's another person, uh, Zan Cassavetes directed that, and she hasn't made anything since, and I think that's disgusting. It's not a perfect movie, yeah, but it has such an eye. Uh, her her eye for shots is really something, and it has such a command over, like, um, tension and eroticism and mm-hmm. understanding that it's not about, like, being graphic. It's about, like, keeping people apart. Yeah. Um, I can't believe she hasn't made another film, and that came out yeah. quite a while ago. It did. Uh, another good one is The Loved Ones. Which oh, yeah. I think is excellent. <laughs> that's quite something. Yeah. That's for like your unrequited Valentine's I mean, Day. Yeah, like and and what else would you expect from <laughs> from that director? Of uh, you could you could have a double feature with the loved ones and the devil's candy and uh Yeah. It'll be a lot. It'll be a rough day. The loved ones is a great, great watch though. Uh, that is a nasty movie. Well, you know, I feel like it's not the right holiday, but Midnight Kiss is a really good <gasps> one. Please watch Midnight Kiss. Yeah. It's so good. It's the uh, the New Year's Eve uh, edition of Into the Dark on Hulu, and it was written by Erlinger. And if you haven't watched that uh, episode that we did with uh, with him and the director, go go scroll on back and give it a watch. Give it a watch. Give, I, I really enjoyed that one, and it sat really well with me um, after the fact. Carter's a delight, too. Yeah. They're both wonderful. I mean, that's just like it adds another one to the super nice horror filmmaker pile. Yeah. And that is a good, it's, you know, the theme is to New Year's Eve, but it's definitely about, like, broken hearts and yeah. romance. And oh, absolutely. Very sexy. Oh, very sexy. So many butts. There are butts all over the place. So many butts. I'm all for butts. More butts than I saw in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's a surprise, yeah. actually, because there are butts everywhere there. Lots of butts. Did you buy any witchy stuff while you were there? Um, I didn't. It's just so overpriced. All right. I will go for a new question. Did you buy any hot sauce while you were there? <laughs> yes. Of okay. Course, of All right. I as did. long as you did that. Oh my gosh! Do I have my purse with me? I think I left it out there because I got these earrings. You're gonna die. Oh over. really? Yeah. Oh no! I can't wait to see. They I need were to, expensive. A reminder. I'm gonna see those earrings and no, I'm gonna watch that video. Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, they were expensive, but they were worth it. They're like really well made, and I'll. I'll I'll wear them in an episode and be okay. sure to highlight them. I'm very excited. I'm um, going to get the preview today. I get um, the scoop. You got the scoop. <laughs> advanced look. So a couple more that I yes, think please. are like, um, if you are, this falls into horny and romantic and definitely not <laughs> for anyone who doesn't have a strong stomach, is trouble every day. I've never seen it. Woof. Uh, it's basically like a... A cannibalistic disease that makes people want to eat people when they get horny. uh, Quite something. It's Claire Denis. Oh, boy. It is notoriously, savagely bloody. All right. Um, That's a good one. Oh, my God. It's so rough. Oh, my God. I'm just looking at freaking stills of the movie at this point. It's so bloody. This is. Uh, Beatrice Dahl and and Vincent Gallo. I love it, but it is, again, you, you. do require it a looks strong like a, stomach. It looks like a lot. It's a, it's a very hard adult film. Yep. Not, not adult film as in yeah, pornography, yeah, yeah. but like not for your kids. Um, what, oh, um, um, again, back to vampires. Um, Tom <gasps> Stoker's Dracula is really romantic. Is there a puppy alert in this movie before I touch it? Ooh, there might be. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, no, no, no. All there right. might be. It might tap out. I would have to... Uh, um, hmm, there's think about that. Very cute puppy in these pictures. <laughs> uh, that's not happening. Yeah. And all right. Am I forgetting? Oh, Bride of Chucky is a good one. Bride of Chucky is a good one. Yeah. Just, just fun and honeymoon. There's a, no, another one. That, that I really. I was thinking like, is that, like that a one. good one or a good anti Valentine's Day movie? That's a fair point. <laughs> Probably goes in the anti pile. I, I know, but they really do love each other, so I would put it in the. I'd put it in the. I guess so. I would say like anti-Valentine's Day movie would be Revenge. That's definitely an anti-Valentine's Day movie. Audition. I feel like there's something else recent that came out in addition to Revenge that we could put in that pile. There's probably plenty. (laughs) Um, Anti-Valentine's Day is definitely Midsommar. Oh, yes. It's incredible how I switch back and forth. Like Midsommar, Midsommar. You never know what you're going to get from me. Same, same. 
I feel pretentious when I say Midsommar, and so then do I feel I. like I'm sort of betraying you, what he If you wants. only saw, like, the inner, like, turmoil that was going on in my head when I wanted to verbalize Midsommar to Florence Pugh, just <laughs> like... I, like, I don't know what to say. I'm, and I'm sure I said some sort of gib- some sort of like champagne-fueled gibberish at that I'm point. Sure she doesn't care at all. I hope she doesn't because I felt <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, two more sweet ones that are kind of like sibling films. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, I love a nice that little movie. romantic yeah, yeah. subplot, as does... Uh, why did I just forget what it's called? Is it 100 Bloody Acres? It's an Australian movie that's also about like oh, two I'm backwoods brothers. never seen it, but I know what it is. While you look that up, I'll also yeah. throw in Warm Bodies if you're looking for oh, something yeah. uh, YA, PG-13. Uh, like, even if you are not a young adult, <laughs> I think it's still well worth watching. It's a it's a great time of a movie. Um, Spring. Is Spring's a good one. A very good one. And on that note, I will say there's a new movie coming out tomorrow called After Midnight, produced by Justin and Aaron. Yeah, and I want to see that. Directed by the fellow who did The Battery. Oh, it's quite, yeah. quite, quite lovely little little romance monster okay. movie. I'm, I'm into it. All right, there's a lot of suggestions. Yeah, yeah you got okay. some good stuff. <laughs> we did okay. I'm like afraid to get off this topic without making sure I didn't miss anything that I'm going to be kicking myself I mean, for after. I mean, we certainly will have. Of course, that's of a, course. Oh, um, vampires. The hunger is very yeah. romantic, sexy type situation. There's just probably quite a few. Yeah, there are. But we'll leave it at that for you know, now because many more episodes to come. The, the 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 sex and the violence, they do tend to go, go hand, hand in hand. hand. Yeah. Because yeah. um, like we all know what happens if you're not a virgin in our movies. That's so right. There you go. The violence. All right, guys. A very happy Valentine's Day to you. A very happy Valentine's Day weekend. A happy yeah. long weekend if you have Monday off. Um, yeah. I hope you, you enjoy some movies, whether it's in home or on the big screen and some TV for that matter, because we know there's some good stuff out there, too. That's it. That's it. Where can everyone find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch and Instagram at Haystack McGroovy. And I am at P. Nemiroff on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, so much, so much horror loving happening here. <laughs> yeah. So much more to come. But that's it for this episode. You have officially survived the witching hour. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.